Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm Jerry Ors, and today we're going to be talking about a lot of wonderful films, including Pokemon Detective Pikachu, Halston, A Dog's Journey, and more. But as I said, we're going to be opening with Pokemon Detective Pikachu, and we're going to be talking with Damon and Ivy about that. And my first question for you, Ivy, is do you think that this film is watchable for people who don't know anything about Pokemon? I actually believe it is. I've never really watched any type of Pokemon movies. I wasn't really that type of animated, like, film type person. But I went into this movie thinking it was not my type of movie. But, however, I was really surprised and enjoyed the plot and the characters so much. They were super creative, and I loved the action and how it all kept my interest throughout the whole movie. And you don't have to know anything about the previous, like, Pokemons or anything like that to understand this movie. It was very good. That's really good to hear because I'm sure that is a worry for a lot of people because it is very, very specific that it's about Pokemon. It's literally in the title, Pokemon Detective Pikachu. And I'm glad that they're able to make it for everybody. And Damon, my question for you is overall, what did you think about this film? What were you afraid for it? Parts about it? What did you like the least about it? Things like that. Well, I really liked this movie. It had a lot of incredibly good graphics and Almost every part of the movie was really good and had a lot of detail about what was happening in it. You know, the graphics in this film was just amazing. And after I saw the trailer for Sonic the Hedgehog, I just couldn't believe how much better they did on this movie. And Ivy, my question for you is, what did you think about the design of Pikachu in general? Because he does look a little bit different than how he did in other films. And I think this is one of the first films where he's actually 3D, 3D. So what did you think of his design? I think the design was super creative. And he was so cute and adorable. I just wanted to, like, hold him. And his role, he was super funny when playing this funny role. He was, like, he was funny. He was lovable. And I just think it was super creative of how they made it 3D. And I'm I'm sure it was very hard for Tim, played by Justice Smith. He excelled in his role because he used imaginary characters. Like, he had to act with him even though he wasn't there. That must have been very difficult. You know, I'm sure that is really difficult. And what's also difficult is on the other side of it, the voice actors had to act without actually seeing the actors, which is pretty challenging unless they actually set up the screens. But... Either way, it's still very challenging to act when you're not there in person. And Ryan Reynolds is, of course, the voice of Detective Pikachu. So, Damon, what did you think of his performance as Detective Pikachu? Well, I thought it was very good as it sounded like how any Pikachu would be if they had amnesia and they had no idea what was happening. All they knew is that they were a detective and they had to, and they had to be a detective. You know, I just really love that Ryan Reynolds has completely changed in his career in the last 10 years or so. And to go from Deadpool to this is really interesting because this is a kid's film. Speaking of it being a kid's film, Ivy, my question for you is, do you think it's age appropriate? Do you think it's a good family film? In general, what age range would you give this film? I totally believe that this is a family film. I give it ages 9 to 18. And adults will love this movie as well. Um, I had I, when I went in the theaters, I saw many kids and like smaller kids in the theaters, and none of everybody seemed to enjoy it. 
it, it was just a family film. It brought laughter into the crowd. It brought a little bit of emotion. It just had you on a, a train the whole time of going your ups and downs of what's going to happen next. It really does seem like just such a perfect family film that has everything it could possibly need for everybody to be happy. And Damon, my question is the same for you. What age range would you give this film? I would give it like a 6 to 18 because it's a really good movie, has really good storylines, and almost everyone can understand what is happening. Like younger children, maybe not, but the whole family, if they were to sit down and watch it, they would all love it and, and laugh together. You know, I definitely see. I definitely am really excited to see this film. It just looks really creative and just so much fun in general, too. And I'm glad that it's perfect for the whole family. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Right now we are talking about Pokemon Detective Pikachu with Damon and Ivy. We're talking about the age range specifically. And overall, it seems like it's a really great film for both adults and children. And now my next question is I want to talk about the story a little bit more. So, Ivy... Can you just talk about the story? Can you kind of give a brief synopsis for people who don't know what it is and talk about what you thought of it and its originality? Yeah. Um. So this was a very good sci-fi movie and it had awesome special effects. I went in thinking it would be more of an animated film, but surprisingly everything was live action, the people and the locations. The only thing that was animated was the Pokemons. And it kept my interest the whole time. It was basically about a boy named Tim. And he doesn't have a Pokemon, and nor does he have a good relationship with his father. But a tragic event happens and causes Tim to be sad. So he goes to his father, where his father used to live, and he tries to unravel the mystery of what happened to his father's untimely death. On the way of doing this, he meets a character named Pikachu, which was formerly his father's Pokemon. So... There, he meets a girl as well, and her name is, her name is, um... Is that Lucy Stevens? Yes, that is her name. And she played a really good supporting role, and also helping give him information. And she was a, a little news reporter, so she was very good at giving him up-to-date information on what's going on. And she helped him unravel the mystery. And I really think that this movie was super good, and um, they, they all go on an adventure with each other, trying to find out what happened. And on the way, they have some enemies, they have people trying to attack them, and then they have to come up with a solution. It just really, I just love how fun this is, because of course you can't do much because it's a kid's film, but they still made it really fun. And based off the humor I saw, it's very much like Ryan, Ryan Reynolds loves to do, so... I'm just excited to see this film so much. And Damon, did you ever think that the story was predictable or a little too simple? Or do you think that they did a very good job of keeping the audience at the edge of their seats? Well, at every point, if, like there was a slight thing that you could like guess what was happening. You didn't think it might actually happen. Like in one of my favorite scenes when the Grand Ninjas attack them, it, it makes you think that Okay, it's just it's just there to be slightly creepy. They're not gonna do anything, and then all of a sudden they come out and attack you, and you can slightly predict that, but you can't really. Okay, that seems very fair. Of course, the uh, movie can't make everything a complete surprise because then it'll just be a random jarbled mess of scenes, and nobody wants to watch that. And Ivy, my question for you is: overall, how many stars would you give this film, and why? 
I give this Austin film a three out of five stars because it was it was very good, but it was a little predictable. But I really enjoyed it. And um, Pikachu, they were also lovable. All the characters were super cute, and Pikachu was super funny. And I'd never really seen any of them before. And he had a really funny quote. It was called, don't you feel it in your jellies? And I thought it was really funny because, you know, when you feel butterflies in your stomach, well, that's kind of how he says it in his own words. But the star rating, like I said, I would give this a three out of five stars. And it was very excellent. Well, I'm sorry to hear that you both think it's a little bit predictable. That is definitely something that happens often with kids' films and family films. But, Damon, how many stars do you give this film and why? I give it a five out of five star rating because it, it wasn't too predictable. It was, but it was slightly predictable because that's how movies work. And, and it, it was very good storylines, had, had a gr- good message, and had loads of funny, incredibly funny parts. That made everyone in the theater I was in start laughing at the same time, at the same scene. It really does seem like a good family film, so I definitely recommend it, and I'm definitely going to check it out. And it is out now in theaters, by the way. So, David and Ivy, thank you so much for talking to us about Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Do check it out in theaters now. Let's take a break. I'm Jerry Ors from Los Angeles, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. This week's show is sponsored by Sesame Street Awesome Alphabet. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First Film Critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. tuned in to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel Shh, turn off your phone another movie review is coming up hey welcome back i'm your host samantha marcus from sunny los angeles and you're listening to kids first coming attractions we've been talking about the newest film pokemon detective pikachu and next we'll be talking with morgan who's from los angeles and is 14 about halston welcome to the show morgan hi nice to see you guys again Sure. So tell us about Halston. I actually haven't heard of this film, so I'd love to hear more about it. 
Well, Halston is a documentary about the one, the only fashionista, Halston. And his name does sound very elegant, and so are his clothes. He actually designed hats in the 60s, and then he moved on to dresses in the 70s. And so it tells you all about his dresses, how he made them, and his hats as well. And the people who wore them, like Liza Minnelli and J.F. Kennedy's wife and other people as well. And some of the models who worked with him and other people who did some of the clothing designs with him. That's so cool. Wow, I actually haven't heard of his designings, but that sounds super cool. Yeah, I would... Hats and clothes, and that's super cool. So, did you actually get to go and go to, like, a screening and meet the people there, or did you just watch the film? No, we just watched the film. Oh, okay, cool. So, did you know about Halston before you watched the film, or is this, like, your first time really knowing about it? I knew about him just a little bit, but I didn't really get to know him that well until I saw this film, which I think is actually something really fun, and that's why I'd recommend it. So, was would you say that Halston would be your favorite character, since it is mostly about him, or was there, like, somebody else in the documentary that you really identified with? I'd say that Halston is a very deep person, and, like, at the end, you didn't really know whether or not you liked him, hated him, or what to really think about him, so... Like, in the end, you were just kind of perplexed, and I like how they conveyed that mes- message of how people are really complex inside. And so, I think he would be one of my favorite characters because of that. Like, how complex and intimate he was. So, you said that you don't know how you felt about him at the end. Like, what kinds of things did he do to make him feel like you wouldn't know how you felt about him? Well, he had a few adult lifestyles, but at the same time, he did break free from traditional dresses. And he used many different items in his clothing. Like, he didn't use zippers or buttons and stuff so it made you like think that he was a very creative person but at the same time it also made you feel as if he was a very unique person at the same time because he was also very difficult to work with and that that just made you feel kind of perplexed about him he was like kind of the person who had to be the boss no matter what wow i can't believe that yeah I think it's definitely good to be unique and to be the boss. Yeah, that must be cool to be the boss of things, but it's always good to have like a nice balance. I would not know what that means to be the boss because I wouldn't really consider myself a boss, but I guess we all are bosses in our own way. So that's super cool. So would you say that there was a moment in the documentary that you really related to or you found very interesting or intriguing? Well, I found one of my favorite scenes or intriguing moments was when you got to see how Halston made his dresses. Because this showed you a moment of origami making in a way. Because he just took like two scissor snips of clothing and folded them on a model. And it just was so, well, intriguing. Because you were just like, he didn't use any sewing. He didn't use anything to hold the clothing together. But just folding and crafting. And it was just like awe-inspiring in a way. And after that, he became somebody huge who took the fashion world by storm because he broke free of everything. And then after that, he inspired people from now to make clothing that everybody likes. And I just find it really amazing. That is amazing, yeah. I mean, don't like, I don't really know that many fashion designers, but I like one of the people I love is Betsy Johnson for like her jewelry and everything. So, you know, I think I would love to see this film too because it is really good to get out of your comfort zone and know more things about different people especially in the fashion world because we all wear clothes every single day and even though they might not be designer clothes you know it's always good to explore so 
that's I amazing. Know, that's, I know, and that's why the film is perfect for everybody, including mathematicians, kids like you who are interested in fashion, fashionistas, um, probably history people, people who are really into history. Heck, everyone, people who are lawyers, people who, just everyone, you know, who like this kind of stuff. So I would say that it's definitely a documentary for anyone who like, just wants to go ahead and see how this story was made and why. Yep, I couldn't agree with you more. Definitely, fashion is so important. And even if you don't like fashion, you know, you can learn to love it because we are all fashionable. Even if we don't think so, a t-shirt and sweats is still fashionable. So that's <laughs> super, super cool. You're listening to Kit's First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking about Pokemon Detective Pikachu, Halston, Sesame Street Awesome Alphabet Collection, and A Dog's Journey. Right now, I'm talking to Morgan about Halston, and she was just telling us how even mathematicians would love this. Because, you know, if you're a mathematician, you would love this film because I'm sure you can relate to math in some way. But even if you can't, you know, there's something for everybody in movies. Like, no matter what movie it is, you can always find something to appreciate about it. So that's what I love. Now... Morgan, did you have a favorite outfit that he made? Like, or a favorite piece of clothing that he made? I would say Jacqueline Kennedy's hats. They always had something unique about them, like the dents. And the fact that they were just always so pretty was cool. And I really liked that he had so many different hats for her. It was just, like, really awe-inspiring. And on top of that, she was actually the president's wife and so he always had to design something new and original for her because she was always seen in public and oh I wow really like the hats because they were just really pretty and i'd actually wear them today wow yeah i love hats too i mean in california you know you can wear hats if you want i mean it's hot and humid but it's also sometimes windy and rains once in a while but hats are always good they keep you warm and they add style so hats are awesome and when you found out that you got to see about this documentary, like, what were your emotions? Were you excited? Were you intrigued? Were you mysterious? I remember writing Ranny, oh my gosh, I'm ready to plan an outfit and everything. I was just jumping up and down upon the walls, so excited. And I was like, yes, as soon as she said it. So I was enthusiastic as a kid could be, like a kid in a candy store almost. Yep, candy. Um, because is it was so something awesome. new. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've never even heard of Halston before, but now I really want to go check out this documentary because, like you said, anybody could really relate to it. And who doesn't love fashion? So that is great. And so do you think that they're going to make another documentary about Halston, like what he's doing now or future? Like what, what, what do you think? No, because this documentary did end with him dying. So I don't think they really have that much more to say about him. But I think they will end up making more documentaries about other fashionistas from the 60s and 70s. Um, That's and it, covered all, it also did cover his whole life from beginning to end. How he was a boy from Iowa and how he made hats and dresses and how he started out at his company and how he went to JCPenney's and all that. So it told you a lot about his life and his background and from um, beginning and end is what they told. So I don't think they're going to do any more things with him okay well i definitely have to go and find out and look for his outfits and everything because i want to be more involved with that do you know where they sell his stuff um i don't think they have any more halston outfits available anymore as a matter of fact because they probably are antiques 
But I think the clothing that we wear right now, like ones that have long sleeves and don't really have that many zippers and stuff, are probably Halston-related in a way, or are inspired by him. Okay. Well, that's cool to know that I'm wearing a Halston jacket right now with a zipper. That's cool. Yes, um, it is. Yeah, so... How did it, I know you're talking about it ended with him dying, but, like, what did you take away from the documentary? Um, I took away a lot of things, honestly. Like, how you need to be original, even though nobody says that you shouldn't. Also, I took away that you should not sell your name. That's, like, one of the main um, lessons of this whole thing, because he ended up selling his name to J.C. Penney's and a company, And so this kind of tells you that your name is something that you should own no matter what. Because it's something that you have till the end. And um, no matter what legal contract you sign, you should never sell it. And that's like one of the main messages that I took from this. That's good. Yeah. Don't ever sell your name. When my parents named me Samantha, they thought that that was the most unique name in the world. But it's not. It's like one of the most common. But... Never sell your name, even though it might be unique, because you do have your last name, so and your middle name, too. So your name is, like, you know, very cool. And they say that there are, like, seven people in the world who look like you. So even keeping your name will help you be distinguished from them. So, well, Morgan, my last question for you is, what would you say is the age and the star rating for this film? Um, I would say that the age for this would probably be 12 to 18, because... I think kids will find this to be very intriguing and will like it. And like I said, mathematicians and other people will enjoy it as well. And I think that there are a few adult content things that younger kids will understand. But if you're older, you will definitely find the things that he makes to be awe-inspiring and very pretty. And Studio 54 is something that kids will not exactly like or understand exactly. But adults will find it very perplexing and it will probably remind them of something that happened when they were younger and I would give this probably four and a half out of five terrifically twirling dresses wow I love that thank you that sounds awesome so I'm so glad that we got to talk to you on the show today thank you so much for talking about Halston I learned a lot you taught me a lot and I'm sure viewers will feel the same way so thank you well thank you so much for having me Sure, we're going to take a quick break. I'm your host, Samantha Marcus, from Los Angeles, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Sesame Street Awesome Alphabet Collection. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? 
Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Samantha Marcus from Los Angeles, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about Halston, and next we'll be talking with Ethan, who's from Miami and is 10, Will, who's from Denver and is 9, and Ivy, who's from Atlanta and is 13, about the new film, Sesame Street Alphabet Collection. So Sesame Street is also the sponsor of the show, which is why we're so excited, and I can't wait to talk to Ethan, Will, and Ivy about this. So welcome to the show, guys. No, thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. Sure. So Sesame Street. Wow. I remember when I was young and I watched Sesame Street like all the time. That yellow duck thing. Think that's Sesame Street. Uh, the yeah, big, big oh, he's not a du- uh, he's not a duck. Sorry. <laughs> he's okay. Okay. Well, you know, the bird. Anyway. So, um, yeah, I want to ask you guys about this. So we're going to start with Ethan. So, Ethan, what did you think about Sesame Street Alphabet Collection? This was amazing. And I don't think it's new, but every clip was made from other clips of the alphabets of the day. But considering that they did that is really cool. And they had some famous people there and here. And it was actually really, really cool. The only thing that is, it's two hours, which kind of gets a little annoying because it's just learning the alphabet. But I'm not a kid, so I don't know. Wow, so it's like you almost got to learn the alphabet again. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Well, I'd like to learn the alphabet again. You know, sometimes, like, you know, you could say the alphabet forwards, but wait. So, Will, I'm guessing that Sesame Street doesn't teach you to say the alphabet backwards. They just teach you how to say it forwards. Yeah. Okay. So, I'm guessing that, you know, if you don't know how to say the alphabet backwards, maybe they'll make another Sesame Street about that. Who knows? But that's super cool. And Ivy, what did you think about Sesame Street? I thought that this Alphabet Sesame Street collection was really good. It's super educational and provides a source of entertainment that will also keep kids interested while learning. It also provides songs and music, and the lyrics are fun and you can sing along to. They're educational, and there's a lot of repetition and rhyming. Not only is there that, but there's also celebrity singing as well, such as Nora Jones, Tori Kelly, and Cheryl Crow. And all the Muppet characters were super cute and adorable. Wow, Cheryl Crow. Okay, my dad used to play, like, songs by Cheryl Crow all the time. I think there's a song called Every Day is a Winding Road, and I just, I sing it. I don't remember the song anymore because that was a long time ago, but that's cool. Tori Kelly, Cheryl Crow. Wow, it sounds like they got a lot of people in this, so that makes it really interesting. Now, Ethan. Do you, would you say that you have a favorite letter? Like, maybe that this Sesame Street, like, the way that they proposed telling the alphabet, like, did you have a favorite letter? I think 
it was the S because they had a really famous per, uh, singer. Her name is Sia. And what's really cool is that she usually has her face covered by her hair. But they actually showed her face this time. And it was so cool to see that because she barely shows her face. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Wow. She uncovered it. That's super cool. Yeah, she always wears that cool wig and dances with Maddie Ziegler. So that's that's super cool. I Honestly, I couldn't even wait to... I definitely have to check this out because who doesn't love Sesame Street and learning about the alphabet? So <laughs> I'm really, I'm really, really excited. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Pokemon Detective Pikachu, Halston, Sesame Street, Awesome Alphabet Collection, and A Dog's Journey. Right now I'm talking to Ivy, Will, and Ethan about Sesame Street, Awesome Alphabet Collection. So we were just talking about letters and Sia and how apparently that it's a bird that's in Sesame Street, which I didn't know, and I'm really embarrassed because I'm 19 and I should know these things, but I'll definitely go back and rewatch, so I'm excited. Now, Will, would you say that there was a favorite scene that you had? Um, I think I really liked um, one of the scenes for the letter N where Ricky Gervais is singing Elmo a lullaby about the letter N. Oh, a lullaby. Wow, that takes me back to, like, so many years ago when our parents used to sing us lullabies before bed. Wow. So, like, what kind of lullaby was about the letter N? Like, did it rhyme? Did it, like, how did they show you it? So, he was trying, he was saying that it was relaxing. The letter N was the most relaxing letter ever. And then he started going, he started having this really nice lullaby, and it turned into this, like, rock song. And then almost started hiding underneath the covers. And that just made me crack up. Oh, wow. Elmo, I haven't... Gee, like, I guess once you're 19, like, you don't really see these things as much anymore. But I, like, I love Elmo, too. Elmo's world. I definitely have to go watch this. And I'm going to bring my friends, too. Because it sounds like you guys really enjoyed this. So, that's exciting. Now, Ivy, was there a part of the series where, even though it was two hours long, were you like, oh my god, I totally relate to that, or I found that super funny? Like, what was it like watching it? Well, my favorite Muppet character was the Cookie Monster. I've always loved him ever since I was a child. He made so many good memories for me, and he brings a lot of laughter into the DVD. And David Rumman plays his voiceover, but my favorite skit is when Cookie Monster sings about the letter C, and, you know... Cookie Monster cookies. He was like, "How cookies are only good enough for me." And like, instead of singing like, when the um when they said the letters, they would say every word that started with that letter. But the only letter that he would, only word that he would say would cookies are good for me. And he would say cookies, cookies are good for me. And that that's all that's all he would say, which was really funny. Cookies are good for you. I mean, just like you know, all kinds of cookies, chocolate chip. <laughs> Oh, rainbow cookies. Rainbow cookies are good for you, too. So, um, yeah, that's cool that that's all he said, but I don't blame him. And Ethan, so what would you say, do you think that they're going to make more Sesame Street? Like, should they make another kind of alphabet collection, or do you think that they kind of covered everything? I think they should make another one, but it shouldn't be about the alphabet. It should be learning, like, numbers. That's such a good idea. You should work for Sesame Street. I mean, that's like a really good idea. Well, I don't know. I don't. I wonder what it would be like to work for Sesame Street. Who knows? Maybe that'll be one of our careers one day. We don't know. But now we're film critics. So that could turn into that, I guess. And um, Will, 
what would you say, uh, how did it end? I mean, I know it's teaching about the alphabet and everything, but like, what was the ending like for you? Was it emotional? Was it funny? Like, what was it? Well, it wasn't really all just one movie. It was clips from different shows. So there wasn't really an ending. I guess the last let- last skit from letter Z was the ending, but um, I guess there really wasn't an ending. Oh, so, like, how did... Okay, I guess. And then Ivy, like, how would you say since... Will said that there wasn't an ending, really. Like, how did each episode, like, did they make it come together? Was there this moral or message that you could relate to? Um, I guess there wasn't... I mean, it's hard to say. Um, the moral message, I guess, is sometimes it's even good to just go back to the basics if you're having trouble with spelling or pronunciation. Um, there wasn't super, like, a, a moral, but it was very educational, and I guess it taught kids you can have fun while learning. Yep, I totally agree. You can totally have fun while learning, especially in school. Like, even though concepts get more difficult, like, teachers always make it fun to learn, and so do your friends. I think, like, having friends in school also really helps, too. So, school is important. I love school. College is important. Grad school, every school is important. So, make sure to stay in school, kids. And, Ethan, what would you say is the age rating for this series? I'd give this a 1 to 5 because it's for kids to learn uh, the alphabet because that's (laughs) the name of it. And definitely kids over 5 will not enjoy this. Well, Wait, why? They, they will like it, but they just won't probably want to watch it. Why like some it kids, not? some kids would want to watch it. For example, I loved it, but I just think it gets a little boring if it's two hours and kids grow up. I guess that's true. Yeah, I mean, it really depends on what kind of kid you are. Like, if you love this stuff, if you already learned the alphabet and you really don't want to learn it again. So, I mean. Learning the alphabet gets more and more fun each time, and I couldn't imagine learning it from the Sesame Street characters, so that's exciting. And, Will, what would you say is the star rating for this series? I would probably give it four out of five stars. Why? Um, mostly because I was not in its age range, but also because it wasn't just, like I already said, it wasn't just one whole film. It was a bunch of different clips from other episodes that they had already done. And it was kind of confusing to keep track of all of them. I could totally understand that. Yeah, I mean, sometimes, like, watching a movie is much easier. But, um, yeah, totally. I couldn't agree with you guys more. Thank you so much, Ethan, Will, and Ivy, for talking about Sesame Street. It was a lot of fun. And um, can't wait to watch it. We're going to take a quick break. I'm your host, Samantha Marcus, from sunny Los Angeles, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Sesame Street Awesome Alphabet Click. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. tuned in to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel Shh, turn off your phone another movie review is coming up hey welcome back i'm jerry Orris from los angeles and you're listening to kids first coming attractions we just talked about the wonderful adventure on sesame street awesome alphabet and now we're going to be talking about a much more interesting journey specifically a journey because we're talking about a dog's journey we're going to be talking about it with a lot of different reporters we're going to be talking to well celine and raquel Raquel, I'm going to start off with you. Overall, what did you think about this film? Um, I loved this film very much. It was very heartwarming and sappy, and I would definitely go see it again. That's very good to hear. And, Will, have you seen the first film, A Dog's Purpose? Um, Yes, I have. And how did you think it compared to the first one? I think the characters are the same, and... The setup itself is the same with the same characters, but it isn't focusing on the same character. And do you like that it's kind of going into different characters and kind of broadening the story almost? Yeah, I really like the way it's doing that. So, Celine, my next question is for you. Overall, what did you think about the voice acting? Because we have dogs, and sadly dogs cannot actually talk. We did have some voice actors in here, as long as real actors, including Josh Gad, who voices Bailey. So what did you think of the voice acting? How did it mix with the real-life acting? It was really good, and I love Josh Gad. He played Olaf in Frozen, and he has a brilliant sense of comedic timing, and adds so much humor and depth to Bailey's character, for sure. I agree, and I did think that the first film did have some good humor that really mixed well with the emotional scenes as well. So, Raquel, speaking of that kind of mixture, do you think that overall the comedy was good and didn't distract too much from the story? Um, yes, I do. I do believe that there was a good balance of humor as well as getting the the whole entire plot across as well as the theme. Um, there were a few sad parts that were poorly timed with the humor parts but then again it just adds to the emotions and the feelings that the whole audience is feeling throughout the film so 
it's a good part and it's a bad habit at, at the same time. I'm very sad to hear that. And do you think that it took away from the power of the emotional scenes? Um, not completely, no, because, you know, throughout life, there are going to be some funny moments and some sad moments. And that part there, that realistic part of life is um, conveyed in this film. So it did not take away from those serious moments. Not completely. That's good to hear. I did really like about the first one. It was very realistic, especially for a dog, because sadly, a lot of dogs have really depressing lives and just really mistreated and really ignored, which is terrible. And I'm glad that the film was able to show that and kind of make it important. And also what I liked about the first one is it had a very clear and strong message. Now, Will, do you think that this film also was able to capture a powerful message for the audience? Yes, I think it did, because the message that I caught was that you can persevere to overcome the bad things that happen to you in life. And another one is that you should surround yourself with people who you care about. Both absolutely excellent messages, and those are really important to teach kids, and I'm so glad that they're able to do that. Speaking of kids, because it is a bit of a more emotional film, very realistic film, Celine, what age range would you give this film and why? Um, Four to 18, but definitely adults will enjoy it. It was super good, and I definitely loved it, and I wish there was a part three soon. Well, there's been two parts, so perhaps we will see a part three, too. So, Raquel, my next question is for you. Overall, did you think that they were able to make a good story? Because a little thing that's just quick information about these two films, it's basically it covers a dog, one dog, over many lives, as if dogs were reincarnated. So did you think it was able to capture a good, long story, even though it was across different lifetimes? Um, yes, there were some lives that were shorter than others, but the longer lives that Bailey experienced, they were purposeful and they moved the plot along. And it's also not just about um, the dog, even though it's called The Dog's Journey. Um, you get a sense of the characters and even the um, characters that were in the first movie, you get to see how they've developed since that film moving on to the next one. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. You know, you make a good point because I've completely forgot about what I liked about the first one is that, yeah, it did connect the dogs and the humans really well. It wasn't just about the dogs. It was about how the humans interacted with the dogs. I really love that about the first one. I'm glad they put that in the second one, too. You're listening to Kids First Come Attractions, and right now we're talking about a dog's journey with Malika, Will, Celine, and Raquel. And we're just comparing it to the first one, also talking about how it also incorporated both humans and dogs and how they it showed the interactions between them made them both very big parts of the stories. So, Will, my next question is for you. Since we're kind of talking about the human aspect of the story, now, what did you think of the acting as a whole, aside from just the voice actors? So, other people we have is Dennis Quaid, who plays Ethan, uh, Marg Hallingberger, who plays Hannah, and a lot of other people. So, how do you think they did, and how were they able to interact with the dogs, especially? Because, remember, dogs can't actually talk. They had to improvise that themselves. I think the way that Ethan always seemed to quickly find out how it was Bailey was actually pretty amazing to me, but I think the acting overall is just great. That's really good to hear. And did you think that they were, they were interacting with the dogs really naturally, as if the dogs could were actually communicating their thoughts in some way? I think that, like, they were actually, yes. You know, it really was just amazing how well it captured the interaction between dogs and humans in the first one. It seems like they did that in the second one, too. But overall, Celine, how many stars would you give this film and why? 
five out of five. It was awesome. If I could see it over and over again, I would. That's really good to hear. What were some favorite aspects about it? Well, I like everything. It's really funny. They balance. He, um, Bailey balances his purpose with his love for bacon and all disgusting smells. And he still makes it humorous and funny. You know, it does seem like really just a perfect family film because it has the moral, it has the humor, it has the emotional, realistic story. And it has a lot of things for adults, too, because they can really relate to this kind of aging story where he goes through many, many lives. Raquel, how about you? How many stars do you give this film and why? I would also give this film five out of five stars. Um, Going back to what you said about having all those components, it makes a strong family film and and it fulfilled its purpose as well as giving um, some, you know, um, familiar feelings from the first film as well. And Will, I want to ask you a different question. So this this movie it kind of takes an interesting perspective as you can hear the dog's thoughts you can hear the dogs talking but of course they can't actually talk to humans what do you think of that style because there's a lot of films that do in a lot of different ways where sometimes where animals can talk sometimes when animals can't talk but you can still hear their thoughts so what did you think of this take of doing it i think that how josh gad seemed to have the perfect dog voice no matter what breed his spirit was in but i mean i think that the dog voice, having nobody actually play the dog and just having it a voice with just real dogs actually doing the acting was a great idea. You know, it doesn't matter where Josh Gad is, he always shines. I mean, I've seen him shine in Frozen. I've seen him shine in the first film. I've seen him shine also in Beauty and the Beast. He's just always amazing. I really love him. And Will, how many stars do you give this film and why? Um, I give this film four out of five stars because... I think that it it was a great film, although some of the parts were a little not for kids. Oh, do tell. What parts do you think weren't for kids? Um, mostly how one character gets very sick and another is stalked by an ex-boyfriend. And there's also an upsetting car crash and some alcohol and drug use into part. Hmm. Well, that's definitely something parents should keep in mind with, keep in mind of when they're showing it to their kids. And Will, I have another question for you. Do you have a favorite scene in this film? And if so, why? One of my favorite scenes is where he's the dog at the gas station, Big Dog, and then the his owner keeps feeding him all these different junks, junk foods, and he's like, "Oh wait, no, this is my favorite. No, wait, no, this is." And- <laughs> You know, that was I, really funny. Yeah, I really just love how perfectly they capture dog humor in this film. Well, Will, Celine, and Raquel, thank you so much for talking to me about A Dog's Journey. For our audience, A Dog's Journey is now in theaters near you, so definitely check it out. I'll be checking it out myself. But that is our show. Thank you so much for joining us. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV, music, and apps, and learn to learn how you can join our Kids First film critic team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press for Kids, kidsworld.com, and Kidsville News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. Today's show is sponsored by Sesame Street Awesome Alphabet. I'm Jerry Ors from Los Angeles signing off. Thanks so much for listening.
again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week 